Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Talking or actions, which are the more effective uh, when we're wanting to share our faith with people? We're, we're looking at the relationship between faith, love and obedience, as written about in John's first epistle. And uh, yesterday you, you ended by saying that actually how we respond, how people respond, it, it has everything to do with not what we say to them, but how we treat them, what we do for them. And uh, we come now to some of the most famous verses in this uh, epistle, the f- first epistle of John, chapter 4, verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Now, let's be clear that this is the outworking of the new commandment Jesus gave. You are to love one another as I have loved you. Now, what does it mean to love one another? It means that you give love to your fellow believers, what God wants to do is for his church, his body, to be seen by the world, to be the alternative society where everybody loves one another. Now, what does that mean? It means that you have to love the others around you. And we've seen that that's got to be practical. You love, will love them in practical action, not just in words. But it means also that you have to allow them to love you. It's got to be a two-way thing. Jesus didn't say, this is my command, love others. But to love one another. And to love one another is to give to them, but allow them to give to you. So there's the death blow to the pride. You know, it's all right. I can manage. I can do it myself. Thank you. Um, No, no, there's nothing I need. And there are a lot of people like that. They would do anything for anybody else, but they do not want anybody to do anything from them. Well, they are preventing their fellow believers from obeying what God has taught them to do, and that is to love them. So it has to be a two-way thing. And you're not loving someone just because they love you. You know, there's, uh, uh, Jesus is clear that we have to give love to whoever is there that needs to be loved. But relationship with people is a two-way thing. If I have a relationship of love with someone, I love that person, but that person loves me. I will give to that person, that person will give to me. It can't just be one-way traffic. It's got to be two-way traffic. And I, I think that's not really sufficiently understood sometimes by believers. So let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. How can you tell whether someone's born again or not? Because they love others and let others love them. You see the love in their lives. And when the revival started in in, uh, my church in Luton in 1970, that was the thing that you saw. That was the thing that immediately impressed everybody else and everybody who visited us from all over the world. They said, what love? We have never seen love like this in the church anywhere. Where has this come from? Well, the answer, of course, is it came from the Holy Spirit. But another part of the answer is that we did it. We didn't just have it. We did it. You don't have love. You do love. Agape love is not just possessing love. Agape love is doing love. So you see, Jesus didn't come and talk about love. 
He just came and did it. He loved people, then gave his life in love for us on the cross. Hardly any, any Jesus hardly ever mentioned the word love. Um, certainly not in his dealings with people until you get to the Last Supper and he's talking to his disciples. So then we read in verse 8, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Very interesting, isn't it? You, the love of God within you forces you into, um, into, forces you into relationship with others. You know, we shouldn't really have people sitting in the back row all by themselves, rushing for the door as soon as the service has ended, never having any real communication or relationship with anybody else. I mean, there shouldn't be people like that in our churches. People should be reaching out to them wherever and drawing them into relationship in a totally non-threatening way because people like that usually have a lot of fear but then what does the scripture say about that? There is no fear in love, and perfect love casts out all fear. So somehow the love of God has not been communicated to such a person in the way that needs to be communicated in order to draw that person into real relationship and fellowship, um, within which they will then not only be more comfortable and healed and set free within themselves, but they will become fruitful. And they will bring a lot of others in as well. Well, yes, you see, because um, wherever we are, we are witnesses. It's so attractive, isn't and it? And once the love of God is released in our lives, then it flows out of us like rivers of living water. So we read in verse 9, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. You see, Jesus didn't talk about love. He expressed it in dying for us on the cross. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to lay down, uh, we ought to love one another, or to quote what he was saying in the previous chapter, if he laid down his life for us, we ought to lay down our lives for others. Then he says, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. His love is fulfilled in us, that means. Um, so what John is saying here is again something so intensely practical. Uh, how can you tell whether a person really is in real relationship with God or not? Because the love of God flows out of their hearts and lives. And you see that love. So then we come to three extremely important verses. Now here again, the faith and the love are going to come together. Verse 13, we know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. Now who is he talking about? Well, the reference is not that he's talking about, in the context, he's not talking about Jesus. He's talking about God, God the Father. We live in God, and he lives in us because he's given us his spirit. If you look at the whole of the New Testament, we live in God, and God lives in us. We live in Jesus, and he lives in us. We live in the spirit, and he lives in us. Because, of course, uh, he is one God, 
manifested, revealed in the three persons of the Trinity. But those three persons all work together in unity. So if we're in one, we're in them all. And if one is in us, you know. So therefore, it's very important for us to understand that, that um, God wants us to live as those who are connected I mean, if you live in, in God and he lives in, in, in you, you are in relationship with him, you're connected with him, you're listening to him, you're a channel of his love, you're a channel of faith, you're a channel, therefore, of his authority and power, uh, so that his life, his love, his power can impact the lives of other people around you. And the next verse we, we read, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. And if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. They are a very simple statement. So it's the love that demonstrates that we live in God and he in us. And it's the faith in believing that Jesus is the Savior of the world, is the Son of God. If we believe that he is both Son of God and Savior, that is the demonstration that we live in God and he lives in us. So just to believe in God but not to believe Jesus as your Savior is not an indication that that person lives in God or God lives in them. It's, it's the result of those two things. And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. And then there is this simple statement, God is love. Now that statement has been taken out of context and magnified uh, beyond reality because, uh, you know, God is all kinds of things in Scripture. Yes, he is love, but he is holy, he is righteous, he is almighty, he is glorious, he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life, he is the resurrection, he is the light. He, you know, you go on and on. Why do people just pick on this one statement? Because they have such a sentimental view of God. And they think of his love not in the sense of agape, love in action, but more of sentiment and emotion. You know, you say to a non-believer, God loves you, he doesn't know what you're talking about because his understanding of love is emotional. That's the only ex um, experience of love he's ever had. He doesn't understand that the love of God actually is not born of emotion, it's born out of action. So, you know, we've got to be careful we don't miscommunicate the gospel by just wanting to make these blanket statements, God loves everybody, which actually can't be substantiated. God wants to draw everybody into his love. That's what we need to understand. In, in love, he gave his life for us all on the cross, and he wants to draw everybody into his love so that they know his love and relate to him as the God who loves them. But, you know, people are outside of that love until they believe in him, and then that love becomes real. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 